glass, ice, pour. Hello and welcome to Whiskey and Rye. I am your host, Ryan Charles Brown. Thank you for joining me for part two of my interview with Dr. Carl Totten of the Taoist Institute in Burbank, California. Make sure to check out the show notes so you can uh, view Dr. Carl's website and see all of the great things that he is a part of and a lot of the things that we've been working on together. So uh, his website is in the show notes, so make sure to check that out. Uh, But for now, here we go. Part two of my interview with Dr. Carl Totten. Well, yeah. And I mean, you're put as the therapist, you're put in an extremely awkward situation because most people come in like, all right, well, I'm going to get the therapist to be on my team to right. show them that this right. is this is the right way. And, well, you know, you always do this. And, well, can't you see from my perspective when he does X, Y and Z, There's how it would blame make me going around. <laughs> a lot of blame going around? And that comes from a wound. Yeah, that comes from a comes from a hurt. It comes from a hurt either from that individual specifically or from a past relationship from a parent um it's subconscious and it's probably living in your inner child yes so that's why with all of my clients i bring the inner child up into the room very early because i know that if we don't really include that aspect of our being in the work there's a there's a huge areas that we'll never touch yeah and <clears throat> you'll be susceptible to being re-traumatized and to basically to regress oh. because you're walking around as a regressed little child all the time anyway. <laughs> and if you don't deal with that regressed inner child, um, they're going to stay regressed. Yeah. And they're going to stay unhappy and unhealthy. And they're going to let you know it one way or another, mm-hmm. whether that's through you becoming ill always having this nagging problem, this chronic illness, this chronic physical condition, or some sort of uh, psychosomatic issues, which are very common mm-hmm. these days, or some autoimmune condition where mm-hmm. the body basically starts to fight and kind of devour itself. Where, where is that energy coming from? Right. Uh, a self that's at war with itself. Yeah. Sound familiar? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. And I was just listening to a lecture and it might have been something that even you were saying that there's part of uh, there's a there's a theory out there that autoimmune diseases happen Oh, I remember what it was. It was a it was a workshop that I just took uh, my wife and I took a vaccination workshop. So we learned about the immune system mm-hmm. and how our body fights off diseases. And what we learned in this workshop is that if you uh, there have been there have been studies that have shown that if you put the body in a completely sterile environment where you don't introduce it to germs or anything like that, it's going to look at abnormalities within itself and start to attack itself. So something as simple as like there are areas of the body where blood only flows through um, periodically. You know, it's not uh, it's not a consistent flow. So mm-hmm. af- if, if the body, if the immune system in the body doesn't uh, become aware to its full responsibility to fight off diseases, it will just look at any sort of abnormality in your body and attack, attack it. Yeah, attack it. And so there's a school of thought that that's where some autoimmune diseases start from this inability to awaken and properly train our immune system. And so when I hear you talk about these other emotional things, if we don't awaken them and train them, we're going to ultimately self-sabotage 
in some way. And to me, when I think about mental health, that's got to be one of the most frustrating components to both those suffering with mental health and those that are working with those that are suffering mental health is that sometimes this is just happening from the individual Mm -hmm. and the only way you can fix it is by working with the individual. You can't fix it with a pill. You can't fix it with um, anything but group therapy and one-on-one coaching and an actual lifestyle change. Mm -hmm. And here in the West, what is our... Uh, theory essentially of, uh, of of becoming well if someone is sick. Um, wh- well, we're going to give them uh, uh, something uh, to it, uh, antibacterial or antiviral. Yep. Essentially, we're going to try to kill something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, <laughs> wow. We're going to use radiation again, more, more killing. Yep. Surgery, more killing. Basically, we try to cut it out. Wow. Drug it out. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Radiated out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> One way or another, we, we're trying to kill parts of the cell that are hurting us, that have become toxic, and our model of wellness is violence and killing. Mm. Whereas in um, India, China, you know, Ayurvedic medicine, Chinese medicine, acupuncture, the theory is no, uh, the system is not whole. The system is not properly, it's not vital. It's not getting energized properly. There's blocks, there's, there's, there's holes, there's gaps. Let's feed the system. Let's mm-hmm. nurture the system. Let's make the system whole. And when the system is whole, it can heal itself. Yeah. You know, yeah. when the chi, when the energy, when the prana is strong, right. you know, then the immune system is working, and that is the ultimate healer. That's right? the ultimate healer. Right. When when the con- when the conscious mind one's intention is unified with a an intact healthy functional immune system, you're very very healthy. Yep. And very yep. happy. Yep. <laughs> and that's where, if, if I could just interject for just one second, that's where I think healthy masculinity can be born. Because from what I'm seeing is in terms of, you know, what we were just saying, if you look at if you look at the well rounded man, we've been told by society, and we talked about this a little bit, that you're supposed to be uh, uh, strong and tough and unwavering and all of these other things. Never show any weakness. Never show any weakness. Don't cry. Right. But we're that's not uh, that's not all that we are we're not just genetic we're genetically created to do all of the emotions to exhibit all of the emotions so when i just in what we were just talking about i feel that that certain things like vulnerability um like uh how to be uh, communication i feel like those things have almost been uh subconsciously or maybe even really consciously attacked by the media uh by other people and so those aspects of masculinity are they've kind of died off. Mm -hmm. And so we are stuck in a place now where men are like, I'm emotional, but I don't know how to express it. I'm vulnerable, but I don't know how, I don't know how to be vulnerable. So we default on whatever our, um, whatever our natural reaction is to which you said earlier is most of the time negativity and yes. negative. So we we want so men want to step into vulnerability. We want to step into compassion. We want to step into more caregiving roles. But when we're given pushback or when we're not given um, the encouragement or even the steps on how to do it, we're going to get angry. And we're going to get frustrated, yes. and that's when I think really bad stuff starts yes. to happen. Yes. 
you know, we, we need a space to allow these aspects of ourselves to flourish. Right. To flourish. Uh, I'm a believer of a, of a new kind of school of uh, psychology called uh, positive psychology. Mm. And the primary spokesperson of this approach, Dr. Martin Seligman of the University of Pennsylvania, uh, his big best-selling book, in fact, is titled Flourish. Mm. Because we need to create a space for all of these aspects of ourselves to be to feel comfortable mm -hmm. and supported, so that we don't have to force ourselves either from external forces or internal pressure to conform to some sort of standard that no longer works, right? That isn't vital. That that doesn't have the energy to carry life forward into a new, a true new age. Mm -hmm. You know, one thing I've been calling for for years is a new age, a real new age, a, new, a renaissance, yeah. a new renaissance. Because you look throughout periods of human history where science or art or music or literature, poetry, was just thriving. And we call these uh, episodes, these periods of mankind, a, a, a renaissance. Mm -hmm. And right now, I don't see a whole lot of uh, renaissance thinking yeah. in the world. You know, people are at each other's throats. They're bickering. They're arguing. They feel depressed. They feel demoralized. They feel they, they, they know there's something wrong. They aren't quite sure what. There's huge gaps between the uh, generations. Um, uh, and, of course, again, the, the age-old one between men and women and, and between the masculine aspects of ourselves and what might be termed the more feminine, nurturing, sharing, caring, vulnerable parts of ourselves. We're at war with that. Mm -hmm. So there's war everywhere. Yeah. You know. Hot wars, cold wars, unacknowledged wars, mm -hmm. <laughs> unspoken yeah. wars. Yeah. You know, so there's all this violence essentially going on within and without, and somehow we need to again wake up, assume responsibility for that, and then have the tools, the practices to work on ourselves every day. Mm -hmm. Again, on all those levels: mental, emotional, spiritual, energetic, and and. Um, Mental, emotional, <laughs> physical, energetic, and spiritual. And also relational, too. That's yeah. another aspect. Yep. Because he, we, human beings are social creatures, and we're in relationship with each other. And each person and each group and each dynamic has all of those aspects, too, whether they know mm -hmm. it or not. See, so there's a lot of work to be done. Mm -hmm. But if we have a framework that, that acknowledges that we all have been wounded at some level, and we're all working to try to really own our, our better selves, mm -hmm. you know, our better angels <laughs> yeah. can yeah. take wing and, 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 and flight, uh, then I think that we can make it. But as long as that's pushed into the shadow, it's going to create the damage that it has done for humankind for centuries. Yeah, I agree with you. And I think... I think uh, you, you mentioned like the Me Too movement and things like that. I actually think that movements like that support masculinity and support this work that uh, this good work that um, a lot of folks and myself included are trying to be a part of because it doesn't keep these things in the shadows anymore. It brings them out to the forefront and says, 
not only is this happening on a regular basis, this has been happening for so long. And so you have the Me Too movement come out. And then from that, you have the work done. Um, I, uh, I I follow a lot of the work done by um, some, some African-American women. And I got to tell you, in terms of talking about masculinity and helping shape a better masculine, uh, a better idea of masculinity, uh, women are doing, they're doing crazy work, but, but African-American women and indigenous women. And, uh, those are the two that I've really known. They are really challenging their men and have been challenging their men and their communities. And I think that's now coming out to, um, to, to, to more of, uh, to more communities saying, Hey, you know, there are, there are opportunities here that we can learn from. Mm -hmm. We can see how, uh, black women and, and native American and indigenous women, and I'm sure there's other groups out there, Jewish women that are holding their men accountable and have been for centuries. Um, but, and are able to do it in a way that is communal and Mm -hmm. connecting because I, I think at the end of it, um, I, I agree with that in terms of our humanity. That's what I think about the most is our interconnectedness. And, yes. and we've talked a lot about energy. And um, and this is even where like some of the negative self-talk from myself comes in and energy transference of, you know, you gave me a great example of a, of a water bottle. Uh, if, you, if you freeze a water bottle with a, a sticker on it that says, I hate you. Um, you take it out of the freezer and it's going to be cloudy and it's going to have negative characteristics. You said it would yeah, kind of put it under like a microscope, a, right? You can actually see the toxicity in each individual water molecule. Unbelievable. In fact, if you actually look at it, if I actually showed you the book with pictures, each of those, um, water molecules that have had some negative, just words, thought in its environment, it actually looks exactly like. A cancer cell, exactly. Mm, wow. And yet, if you've said something positive, you know, I like you, I love you, you're all right, you're okay, you know, whatever. Even just type that on a piece of paper and put it around the water. Yeah. Then you freeze the uh, molecule and then look at it under the microscope. It's perfectly crystallized. It looks oh. like a beautiful uh, specimen of sacred geometry. Mm as opposed to something that looks like a cancer cell. Mm-hmm. I strongly suspect that ultimately, that's probably what a lot of diseases actually are. Mm-hmm. It's all this toxic negativity in the air, in us, uh, in everything we're eating, drinking. You know, it, we've been permeated with that. And I really think that ultimately, you know, 500 years from now, 5,000 years from mm-hmm. now, we'll, we'll understand this a lot better. Yeah. And somebody starts to get sick, they'll just kind of take a look at themselves and say, oh, what's out of balance in me now or around me? What's out of balance that I've internalized and now it's causing my cells to go haywire? Mm -hmm. Okay, I see what that is. I'm going to stop that now. Okay, I'm well again. (laughs) You know, inside of 10 seconds, we just fixed the problem. Right, (laughs) yeah. But, but, and and there's a lot of evidence that kind of supports that, but of course it's suppressed Mm because that doesn't make any money. (laughs) <laughs> right. Yeah. Of course it doesn't. Pharmaceutical industry. You know, no, nobody wants to kiss that trillion dollar baby goodbye. <laughs> Too many people getting paid. Too many people getting paid. Well, um, and, and they of course support all of the politicians, the media, uh, the messages, the message that comes through, the research, all of it, all of it. Yeah. And so the message that comes through is that we're this kind of helpless victim of circumstances, but and we're not. Right. We're not. 
or not. As, as long as you think that you are a helpless victim of circumstances, that you're a victim of your fate, you'll never be able to take responsibility for claiming your destiny. Mm. And the shamans say that I've studied with, uh, particularly the Inca from Peru, they say the shaman dreams their life into existence. Mm. It's beautiful. They, they, they have these, they use their imagination, their creativity to see the possible and then download that into the present and make it come alive. Yeah, I think that's one of the, w one of our early sessions, um, just to piggyback off that, you said something to me that I've carried with me since then and you said that we live in a universe with infinite possibilities it is it is infinite anything that you can imagine is out there somewhere yeah. and so why is it so crazy to think that you can imagine what it is for your life in this expansive universe that is continually growing and continually changing and is always moving outward encompassing more things is it that crazy to think that you could really imagine the life that you want do the inner work on yourself and then actually manifest or download, as you say, that into existence. I don't, I don't think it's that crazy, you know? Mm. That's the work. That's yeah. the work with the people who I work with. That's where I want to see them move towards. Yeah. I want to see every person have their own personal renaissance. Yeah. And then by extending that into their world, yeah. then to lift all of humanity into the, a, a new era. Uh, an era where everybody is having their needs met, everybody is openly, honestly communicating, and no one is left behind, and no aspects of the self are left behind. Yeah. Um, that That's the hope. That's the dream moving forward. But uh, calling it a dream, though, uh, in our society, of course, makes it sound that, oh, it's just kind of you know pie in the sky. It will never mm -hmm. happen. But again, the shamans say no. The shaman dreams their life into existence. They can, you know, they see the infinite possibilities and then own that which resonates personally with them. Right. Because it's out there. It's out there. It's out there. Yeah. And we have to be really put the blinders on to not see it. Yeah. You know, it's been calling us from the day we were born and we've ignored it and put it in the shadow. And that's why we have this hurt, scared, abandoned, neglected inner child that's just screaming in pain, saying, help me, love me, acknowledge me. And yeah. so I like to do that openly and honestly yeah. and say, inner child, I got, I, I got you. Yeah. <laughs> I got your back. I got your back. Yeah. <laughs> I love you. And Thank yeah, you. I love you. Thank you. And in, in reminding about that gratitude and then encouraging your, your clients and your people to, to then do that as well. If you move through your life feeling love and loved, and filled with gratitude, you just won the mm -hmm. game of life. You just won the game of life. Yeah. Winner and still champion. You. <laughs> you. <laughs> you. <laughs> Winner, defending <laughs> champion, and forever champion. <laughs> Man, that laugh gives me life. And also, what gives me life every day, Smarty Pants Vitamins. Um, I had a hard time finding a multivitamin that I liked taking every day, and then I found Smarty Pants and was absolutely hooked. They have everything you need. They have superstar ingredients like fish oil, vitamin D, iodine, zinc. Plus, they don't have anything that you don't want. They're free of GMOs, synthetic colors, artificial flavors, uh, plus other things like yeast, wheat, wheat, milk, eggs, soy, gluten, all that stuff. So if you're like me, you'll be hooked from day one. So head on over to a local store around you and pick them up. But now here's the conclusion of my interview with Dr. Carl Totten. 
Well, uh, I'm hopeful for for a renaissance, <laughs> uh, a new renaissance, and I will say that um, I I'm a little bit more optimistic, and I I'm following some work of individuals who I do believe are are moving us into a new renaissance, and those people are women and they're uh they're minority women and they're mm -hmm. the ones so when when i think of a renaissance happening they're the leaders yes. they're the ones that we need to look to right now uh they're the ones that men need to listen to um so we're recording this episode in february it's black history month this is a, this is the opportunity to read books from women and from um african-american individuals who have been dreaming of a renaissance who've been dealing with all of these issues that we're talking about but dealing with also cultural implications and, and have not having a place to belong and all these things uh, by the way one of my favorites speaking about african-american writers is dr joy degru oh yes you know her work yeah post-traumatic slave syndrome unbelievable unbelievable Incredible. work yeah i mean it's hard to read that and not wake up <laughs> yeah. yeah in fact i would say that anyone who hasn't read that book should go and should get, go should right get, now should get it right <laughs> now yeah it. should get it right now and you read can it. also go on youtube and, and watch her lectures on the topic oh wow uh, stunning Absolutely wow. stunning. That's amazing. Well, and I also know that you can take a free course uh, through Yale uh, on uh, African-American mm. history from emancipation through now. Uh, and it's a free course through Yale. Uh, Twelve lectures, all the books, downloadable things. You, uh, you'll you learn so much. So I just wanted to, to, to say that um, I, I'm also hopeful for, for a new renaissance. And that's part of why I'm inspired to do what I'm doing, but I'm inspired to do what I'm doing because of the work that's been done already. So I don't want to, I want to give credit where credit's right. due. Yeah, we're all um, standing on some, some big shoulders. <laughs> yep. Yep. And, uh, and for me in this, in, in this, as I do more research and as I learn more about this, it's really women who are pushing this forward and who I'm learning the most from. And so I'm very grateful for that. Um, I want to talk about one thing because you said something that really intrigued me. And this kind of ties in with negative self-talk. You talked about how negative emotions and negative stimulus is very heavy. It's uh, it's more it's heavier than positivity. So I would love to hear you kind of just expand on that a little bit. As to I mean I don't, I don't know if you can say why that is, but maybe theoretically why that is. But then also as a second part to that, thinking about the negative self-talk um, and how the 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 weight of the negative self-talk uh sort of exponentially uh grows with mm -hmm. the with the more negative self-talk i'd like to just hear your thoughts on you that. know if you look at a a lake or a pond what, what settles down towards the bottom right things that uh, are heavier the heavier right? the sediment yeah yeah the sediment <laughs> the crud if you yeah, would yeah and the same thing True. happens with us <laughs> 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 which is why we're so full of it <laughs> much of the time. <laughs> so, so, you know, we've, we've got to let go and move oh, into the man. light. And that's why the shamans uh, from South America, who I study with, they, that one of the, their rituals, in fact, my favorite ritual of all are the fire ceremonies. Mm. Because a fire ceremony is the symbolic exercise of transform personal and transformation on all those levels, right? Mental, emotional, spiritual, physical, energetic, all of those. And so when you go to the fire, first of all, the shamans create sacred space. They acknowledge the four directions. They acknowledge Mother Earth and Father Sky, the heavens, 
So they are in anye, in right relationship with the environment first before they even start. And then since they're out in nature, they actually ask the environment for permission to hold a sacred ceremony. In other words, it starts with respect mm. for the earth, for the environment and the heavens. And they feel in their heart, in the place of non-duality, the place of the sacred space within, that they are in touch with and in harmony with all of nature. And then they open up a, a like a protective dome of intentional awareness around that space so nothing negative can happen to anyone who's in that space participating in this sacred ceremony. And then each person takes an object that they have found that represents what they want to transform about themselves. It might be just a bark off a tree that fell on the ground or a bundle of leaves or weeds or anything that can combust. And then after in this sacred, holy, protected space, each person, one by one, goes and sits in front of the fire. They, they have this amazing, in the fire pit, this amazing fire going. And they sit in front of the fire and someone has to come and hold their back energetically so nothing can kind of sneak up on them, so to speak, energetically. Mm. And they stand with their arms outstretched behind the person who's kneeling in front of the fire to hold space, a protected sacred space. And then the person with the object, which represents what they need to transform in themselves, blows three times into that bark or weeds, whatever it is, whatever they feel in themselves needs to be transformed, kind of mind, body, spirit. They blow it into this object and then they offer it to the fire. And then the flames, the fire combusted and everything they need to let go of goes down into the earth as ash and everything they need to release as new creative potential goes up into the air as smoke. Mm. And it's just the most beautiful, powerful ceremony, which is why it's my favorite of all time. Yeah. And I'm looking forward, to, by the way, in March to going out to Joshua Tree, out to the desert, three days with the shamans and repeating that experience. Mm. So that's going to be amazing. Yeah, that's my that's in my very near future here. That's in great. About a month. <laughs> yeah, that's great. Man, that's going to be amazing. Well, I uh, I think for me, um, negative self-talk has been, or overcoming negative self-talk was kind of step one in my healing process. Um, so some of the things that you have encouraged me to do is um, when I'm uh, uh, do in, in a moment of ne negative self-talk or if I'm in a loop of negative self-talk, you've introduced me to tapping, mm -hmm. uh, which is uh, a very simple exercise that anybody can do any place in their day uh when especially when you're feeling like your throat's starting to close and everything's mm -hmm. kind of starting to come in on you you can simply just stop and tap and say even though i'm feeling like the world is caving in on me right now i completely love and accept myself just as i am yes and you go through this little routine of of tapping on different parts of your body and and by the way, that's uh, ultimately kind of a form of uh, uh, emotional acupuncture because <laughs> mm, the points that yeah. we're tapping are acupuncture yeah. points. Yeah. And um, 
the founder of that method, a man named Dr. Roger Callahan, was my teacher for over 10 years. You know, he, he found that uh, as a psychologist working with patients who were trying to become better, overcome fears, anxiety, phobias, etc., that once he learned about um, tapping, not he didn't learn about tapping, he learned about where these acupuncture points were and uh, what was something called applied uh, kinesiology, you know, where you, by touching points in the body that, uh, that are acupuncture points, you can then press on someone's arm and see whether the muscle and the organ that is part of that acupuncture channel has a weakness or not. Mm. And he, he, so he, he took like a weekend workshop. You know, he was the only psychologist there, you know, a hundred chiropractors there. <laughs> and, uh, but he had this woman he was working with who had a lifelong fear of water, of all things. I mean, she could drink water, but if she saw water or a body of water or it rained or something, she'd have a panic attack and headaches and on, stomach aches and on and on and on. And so after, uh, he, he'd been trying to help this woman for like 18 months. Nothing worked. You know, all the type of cognitive, behavioral therapy, hypnosis, nothing worked to help mm. this poor woman. So after this workshop, she came in the next day. He says, hey, how you doing? Uh, and she says, oh, my stomach, you know, it's tied up in knots. Now, Dr. Callahan had just learned that the stomach pathway in Chinese medicine and acupuncture starts right under the eyeballs. And so he doesn't know why. He just had a flash of inspiration. Talk about creativity. Yeah. He says, well, right under your eye here, why don't you just tap on this point, these points, you know, under each eye. And she did. And a few seconds later, her eyes got wide. She says, it's gone. And Dr. Callahan says, what's gone? <laughs> she says, that feeling in my stomach, it's disappeared. And she looked outside the window. She saw a swimming pool out there. And she gets up and she starts running towards the pool. Now Dr. Callahan has a panic attack. And he <laughs> screams at her, Mary, stop. He says, my God, is she gone nuts? Is she going to commit suicide? He knows she can't swim. She's afraid of water. <laughs> and she turns around. She says, doctor, I'm not going to jump in that water. I know I can't swim. But she gets down on her hands and knees and starts splashing water all over her face, saying, see, it's gone. My wow. fear. 30 years, she had this fear. Disappeared in 10 or 20 seconds. Incredible. Unbelievable. See, if you have the right tool at the right time, mm -hmm. you can move mountains. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Whereas if you just talk about it and don't do the right thing, the right thing at the right moment uh, can change everything. Mm -hmm. And so one of the things that a therapist like myself has to do, you know, I know literally hundreds, if not thousands of methods and techniques. And I have to be able, to, I have to be sensitive enough to know at conscious and subconscious and unconscious levels, again, mental, emotional, spiritual, physical, energetic, what is likely to assist a given client at a given moment? Mm -hmm. See, so I have to have done a lot of work myself. Yeah. So I'm sensitive enough to know <laughs> mm -hmm. what is likely to work moment by moment. You know, there's a, I, I'm like a, a container. And I have to contain something like in a field where then things can grow. Yeah. And I think in terms of our topic today, toxic masculinity, gender identity, gender roles, uh, we, we need to create the space, a safe space, where it's okay to acknowledge what's there, acknowledge what's missing, acknowledge what's hurting, that inner child, that subconscious, that unconscious, bring it out into the light of day and say it's okay. Yeah. We, we love you. 
We perfectly accept you. We love, we love you. you. And we, we perfectly just accept as you, you are. just as you are. Yeah. yeah. We love and accept you just as you are. Yeah. Because the way to change is not to try to kill that stuff. You can't drug it out of existence. You can't cut it out. Mm-hmm. You can't irradiate it out. Right. <laughs> you have to embrace it. Yeah. And love it. Yeah. When a person feels embraced and loved, they can grow and change. Yeah. They can find their better angels and fly. Yeah. That's how I feel every time you give me a hug. Every time you give me one of your big, great Dr. Carl hugs, it's like, man, I could, f- I could fly right out of here. I'm telling your inner child, it's okay. It's okay. Yeah. It's okay. Yeah. Finally. 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 Yeah. Yay. Yeah. <laughs> it's Liberation Day. It absolutely is. Yeah. It absolutely is. Well, um, I really appreciate all that you've shared today, and uh, I, I probably should have mentioned in the introduction um, all of the work that you do because you are more than just a therapist. Uh, you, you touched on it a little bit, um, but you teach all sorts of classes. Uh, you have tons of resources. You've uh, you've written books, and you are going to keep writing books and and yes. uh, and things like that. And and so one of the one of the things that you shared with me um, in our sessions is how we. Uh, as individuals have some very simple things that we should have, that we probably learned in kindergarten or should have learned in kindergarten to help us be better individuals that we have forgotten. And these are very simple things. And so as we're, uh, as we're wrapping up today, um, I would love for you to think about one of those, uh, some of those things or one of those things in terms of how can, what's a simple practical thing that, that men can do uh, to be better men or to, 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 to take that first step even mm-hmm. to becoming a better man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the title of one of the books I'm working on right now is Everything You Should Have Learned in Kindergarten But Didn't. But didn't. <laughs> <laughs> P.S. It's never too late. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. You can go back to kindergarten. That's fine. Because remember, we have this inner child in there. Right. And probably the single most important thing is kind of what we've been talking about right now is that, you know, whatever you're thinking and feeling is okay. Uh, when I, I remember when I was in grad school, one day, first day of class, in fact, the professor did something that was very powerful. I, I, I remember it to this day, over probably 30 years later. And he, he said, close your eyes, and I'm going to say a word, and just notice how you feel. And he said, no, 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 no. He says, okay, great, let that go. Now, close your eyes again. Notice how this feels. Yes, 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 yes. Okay, notice any difference, he said. (laughs) So again, that negative self-talk. And it's been estimated that the average person walks around often with about 80% of negative self-talk in their head. (laughs) What do you think that's doing to us? Mm -hmm. Again, on all those levels of existence. Nothing good, no. I guarantee you. Uh, remember the water, the water yeah. experiments? And remember, and what are we? 70% water? Mm-hmm. Voila! There it is. <laughs> this yeah. is not rocket science. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, this is some, just some simple processes. Yeah. <laughs> and so w- if we just learn to say yes to ourselves, and I sometimes give people that assignment, I want you to get up every day and write down on a piece of paper the word yes. You know, you remember when you were bad in school in the old days, 
you have to write something a hundred times on the board, right? I will not talk back or whatever it was. And I say, no, you want to write something a hundred times, write the word yes, and then say that, that to yourself a hundred times and yeah. see if that doesn't make you feel a lot better and change that negative self-talk and the negative energy and lack of vitality that that negative thinking and self-talk is sustaining. Mm -hmm. If every five-year-old child <laughs> learned how to do that, their whole life might be changed. Yep. You know, we, we know we have an epidemic of depression and anxiety in right. this society, much of which I think is attached to all those toxic expectations about how men are supposed to be. Mm -hmm. Just think if the five and six-year-old learned that, no, I'm okay just the way I am. Yes, yes. <laughs> and yep. that was the way they started their day. And that's the way they interacted with themselves and with others and with everyone in their environment. How might that change their life? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> who knows? Yeah. So, so just saying, yeah, just say, remember Nancy Reagan to, to counteract drugs said, just say no. <laughs> just say no. I right. say, just say yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just say yes say to yourself. Say yes to life. Yeah. Say and, yes and to yes life. And yes to affirming your own humanity mm -hmm. and, and your vulnerability. And by the way, it's okay to make a mistake. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's, I think, huge for men who are going to listen to this, knowing that it's okay to make a mistake. And even as you're approaching conversations about masculinity and your own previous mistakes, it's okay to make mistakes within those mistakes. It's okay to keep making mistakes. Uh, the important thing is just to keep trying. And to keep learning. Yeah. You know, if, if it's not a mistake if you learn something. Mm. See, it's an opportunity. It's an opportunity to, to for growth. And you learn something. You learn that oh, that wasn't the right way. Okay, I just learned something. Uh, another thing that's in that book <laughs> is that it, we're all like little scientists, right? Mm. What does a scientist do? Conduct experiments. Yeah. Right. You have a hypothesis. But is it true? Is it right? Is it wrong? I don't know. You do experiments, and so all these things that we try in our thinking, in our emotional life, in our physical life our spiritual life, well, we're trying things out for size. Mm -hmm. Does that work? No, not, not, not quite. Let me tweak it. Let me change it. Let me try something else. That way we're always open to growth and learning and change. And yeah. that's a beautiful thing. Yeah, that's beautiful. So as, uh, as we're wrapping up here, you know, if, if anyone is listening to this thinking, where, where can I start? Where do I start? This all seems this all seems easy or this all seems too easy or this all seems too theoretical. Uh, if that's the case, I would encourage you just to start by saying yes to yourself every single day and just starting with your own positive self-talk. And, uh, and when you find yourself feeling stressed or overwhelmed or anxious, just saying, and this is something that I do multiple times a day, is even though I feel stressed and anxious right now, I perfectly love and accept myself just as just I am. Just as I am. Just as I am. And I always suggest that people just 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 notice. You know, things are always going through our head, but if you just notice them without judging, criticizing, just accept it and say, "Yep, I'm thinking this, I'm feeling this, I'm aware of that, but it's okay." It's just okay. notice it. And I'm okay. Yeah. I'm okay. What amazing way to start uh, a process of healing and a journey to becoming a holistically whole person yes. and not just one person uh, who's working on one thing but neglecting the rest of their uh, the rest of who they are. Yeah. So. We are multifaceted, multidimensional in ways that we have just barely scratched the surface. But that's beautiful. We have so much growth 
and learning to do. And that's beautiful. Absolutely. Well, Dr. Carl, I really appreciate your time. I'm going to make sure we put links here to the Taoist Institute so people can see all the work that you're doing. Um, and then uh, I would encourage you to, if you're in Los Angeles or, or uh, within you know, a reasonable driving distance, to, uh, to, I would really encourage you to come and, uh, and take some classes or to do what you can to learn from Dr. Carl. Because for me, um, the work that we've done has changed my life and has actually even brought me into doing this podcast and into um, moving forward with some of the things that I'm going to be doing um, over the next few years. And so um, I am eternally grateful for your wisdom and, uh, and I love learning from you and um, still have more to, uh, more to uncover as we, uh, as we keep peeling back the onion of myself and connecting me more with my, uh, my inner child. But uh, I really appreciate you sharing this stuff with me for the audience and um, just really thank you so much for your time. You're very welcome. Remember, we're all in this boat together and the rising tide lifts all the ships. Wise words from an unbelievably wise man. I again want to thank Dr. Carl Totten for his time. Make sure you follow along with his work at the Taoist Institute. Uh, he is more than just a therapist. He has yoga classes, meditation classes, lots of offerings there. So head over to the Institute.com and see all that he has to offer. He does have some books coming out as well. So make sure you follow along with all the work that Dr. Carl Totten is doing. Very grateful to spend time with him and to have him share his wisdom. Join me next week for part one of an interview that is very special to me. Uh, a few months ago, I had the opportunity to sit down and interview uh, the man who has taught me more about masculinity and what it means to be a man than really anybody else on the planet, uh, my dad, Gary Brown. Uh, we had an absolutely incredible conversation. My dad was very open and shared some things with me about his life that I, that I didn't know and that I was unfamiliar with. So uh, I'm really thankful for his uh, time and I'm thankful to share that interview with you. So come back next week to hear part one of the interview with my dad, Gary Brown. In the meantime, make sure to check out the show, note, show notes so you can get all of the information on Dr. Carl. Uh, as well as uh, the Deep West. I want to say thank you to them for providing the music for this podcast. Uh, the link to their Instagram is in the show notes, as well as the link to the Instagram and Twitter for the show. You can follow along at Whiskey and Rye Pod, and you can also follow along with me personally on Twitter, Twitter and Instagram at Ryan Charles LA. So thank you for tuning into this episode. I raise my glass to you. Cheers.